0: Let's face it, investment concepts and financial planning can be very intimidating and confusing. Shoreline Wealth Management addresses that feeling head-on. Their goal is to educate you while offering financial advice without buzzwords and jargon. Shoreline includes you in the process and makes you comfortable every step of the way on your path to financial freedom. Shoreline Wealth Management is your financial anchor. Visit ShorelineWealth.com for more information today. Shoreline Wealth Management, with offices in Manchester and Manahawkin, Securities offered through LPL Financial, member Finn SIPC.
1: It is that time again, the financial wake-up call with Dave Crossin. I am you avenue, your merely humble <laughs> co-host kind of laying out the red carpet here for the big man. Lots of podcasts so far, a lot of great financial advice given by Dave Crossin. And uh, it's springtime, that means lots of questions are popping up and sure. blossoming and we don't want any allergic reactions here, Dave, so guide us <laughs> through nice. that uh, that financial spring.
2: I like that. I like that a lot. No, <laughs> We've that, become that was good. <laughs> Okay, well, very good. Vin, thank you very much, and of course, uh, for everybody listening, I certainly appreciate it. And where are we going today? Well, one thing I wanted to talk about, and this actually came up During the week with a couple different clients as they look at their estate and they're planning out if something happens to them, how they want their assets to go, where they want them to go, their different holdings, their property, bank accounts, whatever it may be. Sure. And the topic came up about, well, I would like to be able to give money while I'm alive. You know, it's one thing Hmm. when I pass away, well, okay, here's the inheritance that's going to my children. Uh, Or, you know, whoever would get this money or where you want it to go or to your spouse or, you know, family members, friends, whatever the situation is. But what about if you want to do it while you're alive? And that makes sense here. You've worked so hard and you want the ability to, say, give money to uh, family members uh, while you're alive. You know, what options are out there that do not trigger taxable events. I think for a lot of people, they're thinking, well, Dave, I'd love to give money to my uh, son, my daughter for maybe a a new uh, home or uh, their primary residence, their first home purchase. But I'm afraid there's going to be taxes and different things that I need to be concerned about, uh, not only for the money I'm giving, but for the person receiving this money. So here we are, Vin, we're going to talk in a general sense. I always tell people when it comes to anything with giving money or anything about your finances to always lean on your CPA, your Mm, accountant, you you know, for any tax issues. But this will be a general conversation uh, that we're going to have about gifting, gifting money. So let's start off with a couple different types of gifting amounts. So, Here we are in 2023, and there is what is called the annual exclusion gift. And what that simply means is, Vin, I can give $17,000 to as many people as I want. Maybe it's to my daughter. It could be to my son. It could be to my niece. It could be to my nephew. It could be the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker. It does. It could be Vin. There you go. I mean, I'll take it. right (laughs) off the bat, I can gift up to seventeen uh, thousand $17, dollars to anybody that i want to and if i'm married my spouse could then also give seventeen thousand dollars so for people that want to give money to say their children they could do their daughter their son it, it doesn't matter i'm just using that as an example right but that's a situation where you don't have to file that on your taxes So up to the $17,000 amount, that's not something that you would report on your taxes or have to file, I should say, on your taxes. Mm. So if it's, you know, hey, I want to gift $10,000. Well, there you go. I'm in that level or that amount that I can do that amount. Now you're thinking, well, Dave, that's great. I love it that you can gift up to $17,000 without any issues. And again, that's per person. And if you're married, it could be double that amount, 34000 So now you have a situation where you're thinking, well, David, what if I wanted to gift more? Let's say you're looking to gift uh, for you know your son's first home, primary residence, or whatever the situation is, or for your daughter, the same thing, or maybe help them out with a car or whatever the gifting is that you want to do. Right. Well, there is a way to do that. Now – Let's use an example. I like examples. I yeah. like to kind of pop them out there and say, okay, let's say, uh, and we'll say we're this money's going to my daughter, and I want to say to her, hey, I'm going to gift you, let's say forty thousand dollars. Okay. Okay. That um, I'm going just me. It's I'm going to do it, and now again we've got the seventeen thousand dollars that I can do as my. Annual exclusion, that's not something I'd have to file on my taxes. Now, the remaining $23,000 I can use against my lifetime exemption. Mm. What is that? Guess what I'm going to tell you. And currently, in your lifetime for 2023, you can gift up to uh, $12,920. Oh, $20,000, excuse me. Let me try that one more time. Eh. (laughs) $12,920,000. There it is. Sounds better. Let's say just under $13 million, okay? All right. So now what would happen? That original amount of the $23,000, that is over the $17,000 for the annual exclusion... This would be reported on my taxes. It's actually form 709. I'm just um, 709. I'm just showing off here. I'm not a <laughs> CPA. I'm not an accountant. So on that form, you would put that amount or your CPA or accountant would put down that you had that 23000 that went over the annual exclusion amount, and then it would deduct off of that lifetime exemption amount. So it would subtract off of the just under thirteen million dollars that you can gift uh, in your lifetime. So it's just a subtraction. So can you do it? Absolutely, you can. It's just that because you're over the twenty-three thousand, you have to report. Excuse me, under the seventeen, over the seventeen thousand dollars for the annual exclusion, that additional twenty-three thousand would have to be filed on that form 709. And that would subtract from your lifetime exemption amount. I hope that makes sense. Mm, Up to 17 annual exclusion. That's not something you have to file anything north of that in the same tax year, you would. And that comes off of your lifetime exemption amount, which is just under that 13 million that I was talking about. So there you go. So for a lot of people, (laughs) um, you know, that may want to give, a sizable gift to a family member. They have the ability. It's just the mechanics of it. You know, how can they do it again, individually that annual exclusion amount, no filing 17,000 that's in for the year. And then of course the lifetime exemption amount, anything above that 17,000 that you are gifting. Hmm. Now, 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 here we go. Oh boy. Okay. Here we go. So the question is, well, what can you gift? Well, you could gift cash, you could give stock, you could gift a mutual fund, you can gift property. So what I want to talk about is, well, let's take into consideration what we're gifting and what issues um, may be an issue or a problem. What, what issues could be an issue? What issue? What could be a problem? Okay. <laughs> so think of it this way. If you're gifting cash, well, there it is. Let's say we're only doing the annual exclusion amount. So we have 17,000 in cash. I can then gift it as the annual exclusion. I'm not paying tax on it and the person receiving it there isn't a tax to them. Nice and clean. Well, what if I'm thinking to myself, I would like to gift say a stock. Let's say I have stock that is worth 17,000. I'm like, okay. well, what's the difference? It's Cash is worth seventeen, and the stock I want to transfer over. Well, what does it matter? Well, right. let's talk about the possible tax situation with that. Okay, so let's talk about what if the seventeen thousand of stock, the cost basis, what I paid for it, was ten thousand. Okay. Okay. So you're thinking, well, what does that matter? Well, it it's an issue, and I'm going to explain why. So I take that $17,000 of stock, I transfer it to my daughter, who now can utilize it for whatever, you know, house, car, whatever. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Here is the hiccup, though. Oh, boy. When she sells it, she's picking up my cost basis. Ah. And depending on how long I held it, if it's over a year, it's going to be at capital gain rates up to 20%, Mm. or if it's less than a year that I held it, it'll be whatever my um, tax bracket situation is, or I should say her tax bracket, because she's the one who's selling it on those gains. So that creates a problem. Um, The reason I'm saying this is here's something to consider. Then if, let's say, I didn't transfer that to my daughter, and instead, when I passed away that was part of say her inheritance what happens is currently i pass away that current value that's a step up to the data death value that seventeen and then as part of an inheritance there wouldn't be any capital gains or any tax on the profits so that's a situation where i'd look at it and say you know what if I am going to gift something, I may not want to gift something that has a low cost basis because, unfortunately, my daughter in this situation, the example I'm putting out there, would have to pay gains on that $17,000, meaning the uh, difference between the $10,000 and the seventeen, So that $7,000 would have a tax to it, whether it be long-term capital gain rates or Um, the income bracket if it's held less than a year. So then let's go the opposite way, then. What if I have $17,000 worth of a stock, but I paid $20,000 for it? Okay. Okay. So it's like, well, same thing, right? $17,000 I could transfer over, no problem. Something to consider. If I were to sell that stock, I actually have a loss of that $3,000, well, what could I use it for? I could use it to offset maybe some gains I have on some other investments, or it's something where if I don't have any gains offset it, 3,000, I could carry forward for a future gain. And I could use up to $3,000 a year on on any loss that I haven't utilized against gains on something in the future. So that's a situation where that 17,000, I may want to sell that, now I have the ability for a write-off on that loss, because remember, I bought it at $20,000, i am selling it at seventeen. that $3,000 loss, that could help me with my tax situation. So that's something I wouldn't want to necessarily just transfer over. It would make more sense in most cases to simply sell it, have that loss, and then move the 17000 and cash over. Right. Okay. So- One last thing I wanted to bring up with gifting. And for a lot of people, you know, they may want to simply, you know, gift up to the annual exclusion amount, uh, which is up to that $17,000 or some version of that. But their concern is well, once I gift the money, uh, it's up to the person receiving it what they're going to do with it. So, what I do see a lot of people doing with gifting, and I like to call it gifting with a purpose. All right. saying, okay, this money that I'm gifting, whatever it is, is going to maybe pay down debt. For a lot of people that have come out of college, student loan debt then is very challenging for people to pay off. Yeah, Paying the interest on it, the principal, and now they're starting a new job, and they're in a situation where maybe they want to buy a home, but there's just too much debt. And let's remember with student loan debt, that's not something that can be forgiven. And let's say, if you had a bankruptcy, You're stuck with that debt. No matter what the situation is, that's your debt. So this could be a situation where, hey, I want to gift, but let's say we gift to pay down student loan debt rather than just say, hey, here's a check. And the concern for a lot of people is they're not going to utilize that money properly. You know, maybe they're going to go on that vacation or something where we look at this as a situation, say, okay, let's look at the person receiving this. So for example, maybe it is my uh son daughter a grandchild where i'm like okay i'm gifting but let's say it goes toward paying down that student loan debt or gifting so it's a down payment for a first home or it's paying down credit card debt vin credit card debt we talk about it all the time the interest rates are terrible
1: oh my goodness 25 percent, 30 percent. crazy
2: And if you think of it this way if you're only paying the minimum amount then you're really not doing anything. You're just, that debt keeps there or keeps the amount that it is and you're really not doing much to pay it down. You're just basically breaking even, if that makes sense. You're just paying into something just to make that minimum payment. It doesn't work. It's going to be a long time coming until you can pay that debt down. So here's a great opportunity. If I'm gifting is to say, you know what? We're going to look at the debt situation of the person receiving it and that's a direction that that money's going to go. Last thing I wanted to bring up, and also for a car, maybe it's a car hmm. for um, you know your son, your daughter, grandchild—they're going off to college. They need a car, or whatever. But it goes to or, or for a particular purpose, or for something that will benefit that individual. The last thing I wanted to bring up, then, is with any gifting that you're doing is. This is something that gets this money out of your estate. So depending on the size of your estate, as long as it's out of your estate for three years and I pass away, it's not part of that calculation for the estate. Now, again, the estate level is much higher for most of us that are listening to the show or I should say the podcast right now. But this is money that when you are gifting, if you do the gift and it's out of Uh, It's been done for three years. It wouldn't then be part of the calculation if I then passed away. And also, too, I wanted to bring up for a lot of people that are listening um, when it comes to their required minimum distribution. So for individuals, retirees that have to take a certain amount of money out each year from their retirement accounts, for a lot of people, they may just put it into a bank account. Maybe it's a checking account. They're not getting a great amount of interest, and maybe they're not needing that money. So uh, a couple thoughts would be, number one, that could be utilized, money coming out of the retirement accounts. You could, of course, withhold the taxes on that money. Could be used for gifting. Or that could be another situation where maybe it's for a life insurance policy, that money coming out of a retirement account that could pay for long-term care or a hybrid product where it has... A, life, a death benefit, but I can utilize a portion of it for long-term care. And if there's still a benefit left over, that could go as part of my legacy. So there's a lot of different ways that you can attack this. I wanted to bring this up to just let people know, depending on the dollar amount that they are looking to gift, there's different ways to do it. Again, with the annual exclusion, currently up to $17 million that you can do without a tax filing. But again, if you need to do more than that, that would be the lifetime exemption, which currently is at $12,920,000. And then that is it for this week. I hope that was helpful for a lot of people because I did get a lot of questions. And that's the beauty about doing this podcast is I... We'll have different conversations during the week, different things that come up. I'm like, you know what? That needs to be something that we put out there for people to listen to.
1: There it is. And there it is good for gifting. Stuff.
2: Another good podcast.
1: Thank Lots you. to listen to. And don't forget to listen back anytime. And, of course, spread the word to your family and friends. You can find, uh, of course, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Dave, this has been another great financial wake-up call. For people who have questions or
2: want to talk about anything in their financial world, how do they get in touch with you at Shoreline Wealth Management? Excellent. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, of course, the main number, you can call us on 732-902-7880. Well, of course, visit us at ShorelineWealth.com. And we have offices in lovely Manchester and Manahawkin.
1: There it is. You know what? It's springtime. Yeah. Absolutely, can, come know, out and about. Crack down the windows, or you know, I, yeah, electronics nowadays, right? So you just push the button, put down the window, take a nice drive to Dave's office at Shoreline Wealth Management, and then uh, you could have an even nicer conversation than the weather. Yes, I mean, and if it's
2: nice outside, maybe we'll go outside. Yeah, there you go. We'll take a little walk <laughs> around the office. Why
1: not? <laughs> See, that's that's enticing right there. People are like, oh, mm-hmm. all right, sit outside on a nice steak. Uh, well, this was a great podcast, Dave. You could. Um, Of course, listen to Short Time on Sunday mornings, and Dave will have the podcast for you each and every Monday. Dave, thanks again. This was a good one. My pleasure. Thank you. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. This information is not intended to be a substitute for individualized legal advice. Please consult your legal advisor regarding your specific situation. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA, SIPC.
2: Whether you're in the early stages of investing, getting ready to retire, or planning your estate, you need a financial planner who will guide you on a clear path with honesty and transparency. Shoreline Wealth Management provides clarity through the complexity with offices in Manchester and Manahawken. Shoreline Wealth Management is your financial anchor. Visit ShorelineWealth.com for more information and start your financial journey with comfort and security today. ShorelineWealth.com. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC.
0: Whether you're in the early stages of investing, getting ready to retire, or planning your estate, you need a financial planner who will guide you on a clear path with honesty and transparency. Shoreline Wealth Management understands that you're more than your money, and they strive to help you realize your best life as they align your finances with your goals. Best of all, Shoreline's straightforward approach will include you in the process. Shoreline Wealth Management is your financial anchor, committed to helping you weather life's storms. Visit ShorelineWealth.com for more information today. ShorelineWealth.com. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FIN SIPC.